field. There comes the ball. Uh, maybe just wants to get his hands on a rugby ball at Twickenham. Tell the grandchildren about it. Nick Phipps. That's just daft. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Green and Gold Rugby Show for another week. Uh, the show that's getting you over the gay line on the hottest topics of Australian rugby. I'm Rugby Reg, and we're coming to you via the Eon Sports Radio Network, uh, as well as our very own website, Green and Gold Rugby, the home of all things rugby in Australia. Back with us tonight, exactly where he ought to be, unlike a certain Argentinian medic, Matt Rowley. How are you, Matt? <laughs> I'm great, mate, and I'm, I'm here to interfere. Um, <laughs> exactly like the Argentinian medic. Exactly, exactly. Uh, also with us today is hitting harder than a Nick Phipps shove. Hugh Cavill, how are you going, Hugh? <laughs> harder than geez, that's that's. Uh, I'm not sure whether to be happy or sad, uh, or sad about that one. <laughs> Nick, I mean, uh, Argent, the medic did go to the ground very hard there, so it's it's probably uh, prob- probably happy. Uh, I'll happy. I'll take that one as a compliment. Nick, you know, he's a New South Welshman. He's got that physical edge, Nick Phipps. So um, happy <laughs> happy to. to um, Take that, that take no prisoner style on the podcast tonight. So that was a really, <laughs> it was a really, broad, really odd incident in that game, and we saw Phipps get a bit of a slap on the wrist from that. But we haven't heard actually anything from Phipps. But I, I was actually very lucky to, to grab a few uh, minutes with Phipps earlier today when they sort of arrived back home. So I managed to record him, and I just basically asked Phipps what he thought of the uh, the Argentinian medic. I mean, he's so blatantly stupid. He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con, a bullshit artist, a mutt who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, Nick, that's, that's probably enough there. But it was, he's, he's not a happy man. He was pretty fired up there, old Fipsy. Well, that's what happened. You grab my ball. That's what's going to happen, mate. Exactly right. <laughs> All right. Good, good stuff. Look, something else we have to deal with uh, as a as a follow up from the test on the weekend. And look, we gave it to Dean Mum a bit last week, suggesting he should have been dropped. And I probably have been saying that for a little while. But but out he comes and scores the decisive try, the match stealing try, uh, if you will. Hugh, do you have anything to say to the man uh, as a maker? What are we supposed to apologise? He's, he's, he snaffled one intercept. I, I scored a try like that in fourth grade a few years ago. Didn't hear me bragging about it. It managed, um, to, it managed to keep Rob Simmons a few more test caps, didn't it? Well, that's, that's right. That's right. Um, well, look, I, I did have a mate of mine who, who happened to um, have a similar view of Dean Rum as, as you do, Reg, and, and, and uh, happened to also have quite a lot of money on the Wallabies, at, uh, I think, with the 10-point margin um, against Argentina. And he said to me on the Sunday, he said, I've never been so happy and never been so loudly cheering Dean Rum's name <laughs> as I was on Sunday morning. So... Um, I think he saved a few few people in uh, who took that particular wager, but um, yeah, and, and probably saved us some nervous moments in the last few minutes there. So um, oh, well, done no, to, well done to well done to Dean. Secured another year, said. another year in Wallaby Gold for you. Yeah, it's at least another year, I would think. Yeah, it must be said that lazy work from that twenty two kick. Oh, no, let's not get there. We we'll won't get started. Too oh, tough. that that, that did kick me off that one. <laughs> Look, but think about this way: he also didn't get a yellow card. And um, <laughs> once the, the highs started going, and I thought he was a dead, I could just see it coming. But he didn't. So there you go. Another oh, reason mate. to be happy. Oh, well, with, with all those high tackles, I was adamant Quaid was going to keep his tally going oh, too, but he, he stayed yeah. clear. <laughs> um, look, we're going to get stuck in the five burning questions. Matt, I, I haven't prepped for this. Any positive uh, 
reviews we should talk about or we get straight into the fives? Um, I'll come back to you on that one, mate. Thanks for the thanks for the nudge. <laughs> Plenty of notice. Okay, look, we're going to get into our five burning questions, and here they are. Um, first and foremost, what was the best part of our win over the Argentinians? Question two, uh, we came second in the rugby championship. Is that a deserving position for us? Question three, what's the best stat from the rugby championship, or the most de- decisive? Question four, who took their Wallaby chances? Who took their Wallaby chances, and who didn't? And finally, with the NRC, we've got our four finalists. Are they indeed the top four NRC teams this year? So let's get started uh, and look straight back at that test versus the Argies uh, at Twickenham. And uh, Hugh, I'll go straight to you, mate. Uh, what was the best part of that win for us? Well, uh, we keep hitting these same themes, Reg, don't we? Every every week, you and me. Um, and uh, I think it was I think it was execution. We spoke about that before the box game and after the box game about how we wanted it, wanted to fight it, and and how it didn't happen when we were playing um, at altitude against the box. And and I think it came back against the Argentinians. We we scored four tries. We didn't have much ball at all, but what we did have, we used very effectively. I thought and and um, managed to have that ability to create tries out of nothing. And yep, look, two tries were from you know one was an intercept try and one was a bit of a, a runaway from an Argentinian drop ball, but they're, they're the ones you handed and then they're the ones you've got to take, and, and we took them really well. Um, we scored you know, a good try to Adam Coleman and a, a good try to Sami Karevi as well. So I, I was really impressed with the way that we, you know, every time we got into that Argentinian half, that Argent, Argentinian 22, we, we took points from it. And in the end, the Argies couldn't keep up and they had to keep, you know, forcing the play and forcing uh, the passes and, and, and trying trying to keep up with us because we just had that scoreboard ticking along so nicely. And, and really, I think the closest they got was probably, I think they got to seven points at one point, maybe even four points. Um, but uh, you know we, we, we were always out in front, and, and because we we just kept you know we, we kicked our goals well, we we and we scored our tries. So I mean, if we can keep doing that we, with limited possession, then you know you, you're going to be very very hard to beat, no matter who you play against. Yeah, you're right, mate. Clinical finishing, isn't it, mate? We're scoring those points when we needed. We've talked about that for a little while, and that's going to be pretty important once we hit the All Blacks in a couple of weeks' time. What about from your perspective, Matt? What, what, what was a big standout from your uh, viewing? Well, it was that we played to a distinct plan uh, for the second time running with the Argies, and it worked. So I must admit, my big problem and the question I've had, and, I, and I've still actually got, even though I'm saying this, um, over Checker and the coaching squad is, um, are we able to implement plan Bs? You know, there's a, yep. there's a, there's been a clear checker plan A, which has been run, run, run from everywhere, keep the ball as much as you can, try and run over the top of people. And if it doesn't work, well, I don't really know what else you do. But with the Argies, it wasn't that. So both in Perth and with them here, we basically gave them the ball and said, there you go, you know, knock yourselves out. Um, and basically we'll put, you know, put you under, um, under defensive pressure and turn that into points. And we did it in both test matches really, really well. Um, so because if you look at the possession stats, um, that it doesn't say that sh- that should be the case. So you know, and I, and I think that Hooper um, kind of pressure steal that Karevi ended up scoring with that runaway try was just a perfect example of it. Um, you know, it was Hooper putting on, you know, letting them have the ball. Hooper putting on the pressure, um, you know, forcing the turnover and and then uh, you know scoring a try. So yeah, I mean, I think you know, you look at those stats and you go, that doesn't look like a, a, a checker team, and yet we've you know two fairly convincing wins. So e- even with you know, only two players. You know, sorry, with two yellow cards. Um, you know, from the tackle, and and I think that 
those high tackles were actually clearly a part of the game plan. Which is yeah. So I was going to ask you that. Do you reckon that was part of the game plan? Stop the offloading tackle high. Yeah, definitely. I think it was, and it, it went clearly went a bit wrong. And geez, I thought we were lucky to get our two yellow cards oh, in the end. Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and it was tearing my hair out and I'm thinking this is just crazy and, and when we're unlucky and then the more you look at it you said well each of those highs and I like like you were just agreeing now I think we got away with maybe even a couple but I think yeah. it was a real um, yeah I think it was a real tactic because the, the Argentinian offloads you look at their stats we're going to talk about stats in a little while throughout the tournament they were just off the charts when it came to yeah. the offload well, and, and they ramped it up in that second half. I assume we got told at half time, just take it easy a little bit, boys, because something happened in that second half. That's when those offloads start coming. But gosh, when you're, you're two metres five or whatever that Coleman and, uh, uh, and uh, Arnold are, it, it's, you've really got a, it's a fine line between a, a ball and all tackle and a, and a yellow card, as we saw. Mm. Uh, look, from my perspective, and you know, that was some great game plan stuff there, as you say. Uh, there was three individual performances that were really thrilling for my part, and, and the obvious one is Karevi, from my perspective, someone who I've, I've followed th- since his club days, and, and it was just great to see him produce that on a, on a global stage and a, and a ground such as Twickenham, and you know, we saw how dangerous he can be. I th- still think his distribution game's coming off, but we, I think it was... I'm sure it was reports before the test that we uh, he we heard how Larkman Byrne are doing a lot of work with him in terms of you know re- refining his skills and honing those a bit, which is so fantastic and and is it's what we need from a 13, isn't it? Someone who can obviously break the line and and make a uh, make a break, but who can also set up their outside man. So great to see him uh, running for so many meters and sort of reproduce that Super Rugby form. Um, uh, also, coming back to form and, and, and some hard running, some good scrums was Scotty Seo. Um, a minor one, you know, I'm not going to say he's a superstar, but it was just great to see him running hard a few times. Uh, Seo's got the potential to be, you know, a, a world champion. I, I think he's a, a wonderful potential player, and he hasn't had a great season and probably even a, a bit the talent of last year. But I, I, just some really strong runs and some st- strong scrummaging in this last couple of games. It's it's great to see him on the way back because he's a he's a loose head prop could, could, that could cause a lot of damage on the world stage. Yeah. And the well, other one, yeah, go I was going to jump in there on the scrum though, mate. It was bloody hard to know what was going on there. Yeah, uh, but I mean that's a, that's an Argentinian tactic. Is yeah. just you know, you, you'll ruin it before you'll go backwards, and we saw that throughout the World Cup as well. I think they're, they're even worse than the Poms um, when it comes to that from a, from that point perspective. So I think it was very hard to judge. You know, pretty much either way until the second, probably the second half where we managed to get a, a shove on a couple of times. The refereeing in general was pretty baffling, wasn't it? It's I mean, really odd, really it, odd. It was that typical Northern Hemisphere, just couldn't let a ruck pass without blowing something. Mm. And, you know, it's actually credit to both sides that a game actually broke out, you know, and, and it was actually ended up being a pretty good pretty good one to watch, I thought. Um, God, the Argentinians are just just um, absolutely tireless. Tar- I, I feel exhausted w- watching them after, you know, five or ten minutes of just those offloads and just keeping the ball alive and just putting it through the hands and just that, you know, and, and the error rate was, was still incredibly low for the amount of times they had the ball. I mean, they didn't do much with it, but um, you, you feel there's a really, really good rugby team there and they just can't quite make it stick those last passes and whatever that just don't go to hand. Cause they, yeah. you know, we, we, we fought them off our own line on what seemed like sort of four or five occasions where they came right down to our five and left without scoring any points. Yeah, they're really keen to get all their hands on the ball, aren't they? Even the medics, obviously. But um, it was uh, a really, really. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep well, well, playing well, one well, or not. Talk, 
Well, was that? I mean, Matt, are you going to stand up in and defend Phipps? Do you think? Did you? Do you think it was a penalty? Um, oh, no, I yeah, I no, I don't think it was a penalty. I don't, I think the guy shouldn't have been on the field, shouldn't have touched the ball, and he had form for it. Like he yeah. he was jumping into try celebrations for God's sake while the scorer was still on the ground. So he was clearly off kilter. And I'll let you know that Nick Phipps himself actually favorited one of our tweets. Um, oh. Did not soon after that, where we basically, I think I said something like, "Well, you know, the the RG medic was jumping into try celebrations, you know, in the first half." So I think that was something that they'd obviously picked up was that he was obviously getting involved with a lot more than we were probably seeing, maybe even on camera. And so I don't think it was just a, um, you know, someone's touched the ball. I think it was that guy yet again getting involved, and I think it was just like get, you know, get out of it. And I really think. You know, I think the ref should have said, hang on, what were you doing grabbing the ball as the medic anyway? Um, I think you made the point, Hugh, which was it was a high risk for not a lot of reward from Phipps, though, because at the end of the day, it was a scrub. So it wasn't like it was a quick line out or a penalty tap or something like that that the guy was interfering with. So I get that point of view. But really, my thing was the guy definitely shouldn't have touched the ball. Um, Fip shouldn't have pu- pushed him. I don't think it should have been a penalty. And so basically everyone stuffed up all around. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just want to make, I, I would just like to think that the medic got sanctioned as well or Argentina. I mean, Phipps absolutely, he shouldn't have and he, he's been sanctioned for whatever it is. But hopefully the Pumas and the, that medic said something to, had something said to them too because, you know, he, like you say, he shouldn't be anywhere near that. Hey, can I get on to my final thing that, that uh, sort of caught my eye in that win that I was yeah, really happy with. And again, it was just a, the minor thing, and it was that first try, the try by Adam Coleman. Uh, just that line he ran, and, and we saw it in his first test. Was his first test, was that the South Africa test at Lang Park, Suncorp, or was it the All Black test? But it, was the England, it was the England test at Sydney. Oh, was it? It was oh okay. Yeah. When again, he ran this great line, um, and it's a rare, because you know, we're bemoaning the lack of real athletes. We've got you know a lot of lumberers and all that sort of stuff in our second row. Whereas Coleman... Um, you know, just the timing of these runs is, and, and, and the depth and the, the, the force with which he runs with was is just fantastic. So, look, oh, that really caught my eye. Obviously, a great try for him. Debatable whether it was legit because of the helipad knock-on. But given that, you know, that's happened a couple of times now, that's that's a really exciting part of his play. Indeed. And, and I think it's... Well, um, we, we, we might be jumping the gun on, a, on, a, on one of the later questions there, but you know that's something that we've been really soft in in the, in the second rows, I think, and that's been one of the problems. And to see him stepping up in that regard is massive, I think, for the team. Yeah, indeed it is. All right, well let's uh, let's move on to the second burning question, and and the win over there. We were the only team other than the All Blacks to win away from home, and that gave us uh, a second spot in the rugby championship. Hot in the heels of winning it last year, is that deserving, Matt? You think that uh, you know adequately reflects our standing at the moment? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a funny question this one because you can mm. kind of see where, where the sense of it comes from. But I think it's a no-brainer, of course. I mean, if we've got the points, um, there's. A, I mean, I think there's this and um, the next question actually rest heavily on a great article that MST. Yeah. Um, it did uh, today, um, which was the uh, was it the Tuesday top five, yep. um, where he had a look at a lot of the stats from the rugby championship. So if you haven't read it yet, get get in there and have a look at greenandgoldrugby.com and uh, yeah, the Tuesday top five by MST. And you know he, he looks at a lot of that stuff and and actually you know 
I guess it kind of reinforces some of the things that we feel, which is that the Wallabies didn't come out on top on a lot of the stats. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you win three out of six, um, and you know, and, you've, and you won away from home. I actually felt we probably, I really feel it maybe even should have been four out of six. I think that was a we we let that game go um, in in South Africa. Uh, so, you know, whichever way you kind of look at it, you know, the, the numbers stack up our way, and we we, we rightfully took that now. Obviously, we all feel that the All Blacks are so far ahead of everybody else. It kind of doesn't leave a great taste in your mouth because, you know, really daylight was second, not us. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know how else you argue it. I mean, you know, we, we did what we said we were, we were supposed to do. Yeah, I'll argue a little. I, mean, I think you're right. I mean, you, you know, you, points on the board, all that sort of stuff. And, and it's interesting the Yardies finished, finished last, and their defence was pretty average. And again, you refer to the MST's article, and it's uh, their uh, yeah, the tries uh, are pretty average, and the defence is pretty average as well. Uh, tackle success is the lowest in the comp, less than eighty percent. Um, but um, you know, for me, they're the team that played the better football. They they knew their you know, one of the, one of the uh, I guess, um, criticisms both Australia and South Africa have got so much is this, and how relevant it is, I don't know, but is this, what is their game? What's their, what's their structure? What, what is their um, identity about their game? And it's hard to know how they're playing the game and, 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 and all that sort of stuff. Whereas the Argentinians, you see it, and, and they really took it to the All Blacks um, in their test matches. Um, you know, the, both occasions, the All Blacks ran away with it at the end, which we know they can do. And, you know, you look back, and our performance actually, uh, when we played the Kiwis in Kiwi, was was... Pretty good, you know, when you compare it to the other team teams. So, but the, the but the Pumas themselves, they just they just looked like they um they had a bit going on, and I, I know they themselves set themselves a goal of finishing second in the comp. So fourth in the end will disappoint them immensely. But they they really impressed me at least in patches, and I you know I thought they was deserving a little bit more, particularly when I thought that South African team was was pretty damn hopeless. But Australia second, I, I, I guess that's where it sits and, and got on the back of the first place last year. It's it's not too bad considering the year we have. Hugh, what about you, mate? What's your perspective? Yeah, look, I, I agree with Matt. I mean, we are. We're the second best team. We, we you know, the, the points don't lie. We've we beaten the Argentinians twice. We, you know, South Africa, I mean, yeah, we shared the, shared the spoils with them, but I, I don't think you can make a, a serious claim that they're a better team than us after watching them against the All Bucks. Um, last week too, getting. I mean, we got towed up against the All Blacks, but they got towed up. Um, oh gosh! At home, at home, um, and away. So, uh, uh, yeah. Look, uh, you you uh, you wonder if Argentina had taken their game against us into Argentina, and you know, might have been a yeah. bit harder for us, and we might not have got the win. But you know, sucks for them. They didn't do it. So you know, <laughs> there's no there's no um, getting out of it. We're a better team than them. We're the second best team. I mean. Got the All Blacks. So you look through those scores, and I don't think we'll ever see it. Well, I hope to God we won't ever see a rugby championship so one-sided as this. Because I mean, it was never close. It was never. I mean, yeah. Look, the Argies, you know, a few the Argies got close to them, you know, at about the minute thirty mark of a few games. But <laughs> it's um, it's 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 horrible reading going through the scores of this series because I mean, I think the closest game they had was in Argentina where they won by 19 and then the second closest was us in New Zealand by 20. Um, and, you know, I don't think anyone that saw both of those games and I did could claim that they were close games at all. So, um, all right. Yeah. Well, so, but that, that's, enough, start- that's enough about the, the All Blacks. 
Yeah, you're starting to get into stats territory there, so I think it's worthwhile uh, jumping to our burning question number three. We can delve into this because I know Matt loves this sort of stuff. And it's on the back of that uh, Tuesday Top 5 article once again. It's the best stat from the rugby championship. Well, the one that stands out to you that tells the tale, Matt, have you got something to jump in with? Yeah, look, I mean, look, if you want to go to the one that smacks <laughs> you absolutely in the face, um, stands out like dog was, dog's balls, has to be the try scored. Um, All Blacks scored 38 tries um, in the rugby championship. Uh, next was us on 13. It's amazing, uh, isn't it? Pumas with 11, the Springboks with 8. So there you go. There was the two different competitions that were running, um, you know, throughout this uh, rugby championship. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's what it all breaks down to. And you've, you've got stats behind that. And you look at, like, you know, the clean breaks where the All Blacks had 107. I think the Pumas, 66. Um, and then 47 for us in the spring box. So, I mean, that's probably the one that in the overall competition that I think smacks you in the face. But if you want to sort of salvage something, I think, from a Wallabies perspective, um, which I think also speaks to the previous question, which is where we deserve number two, is that there's a, there's a ratio I love looking at. Um, and I, I forget who pulled this ratio out. Someone pulled it out last year, which I thought was a really interesting one, which is number of clean breaks it takes for you to score a try. Because it talks oh, yeah. about how efficient um, uh, your your attack is, um, you know, it kind of talks to what you guys were saying about um, with, uh, you know, taking your chances. I guess it, it kind of talks yep. to, to, to that a little bit. And if you do the numbers on that, then then line breaks per try, the Kiwis only needed two point eight. Um, uh, South Africans needed five, the Argentinians needed six, and we needed three point six. So, you know, NZ needed about three, we needed about three and a half, RSA then up to five and Argentina up to six. So for all that lovely, you know, um, you know, sort of offloads and line breaks that Argentina mm, would make, yeah. um, you know, they couldn't turn it into points, whereas, you know, we could and actually we weren't that far off New Zealand. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Incredible. Um, if there's anything, because, I mean, you, you guys are probably going to talk about some of the other stats, though, that I don't think look that great for us, actually. <laughs> No, they don't. Hugh, what about you? Have you got something caught your eye? Yeah, look, it doesn't make... That's funny. It shows you how um, you read... You look at those stats and you think the Pumas are a clear second, don't you? And in terms mm. of... Um, they they kind of second to the All Bucks in most of the metrics, but it just shows you, you know, it's a, it's a lesson that statistics aren't everything. And, and um, actually, you know, the, pre, the Pumas have the ball for a long, long time and they chalk up some good numbers, but they don't do much with it as we saw um, this weekend. So um, th- th- that's one of the reasons why, why they're not winning games. For the Wallabies, for me, the one that does stand out is the line-out, uh, the line-out stats mm. where, you know, the, the box lead in terms of a percentage success rate with 93%, the All Blacks with 91%, the Pumas 89%, so all hovering around that 90% mark, and then down to the Wallabies on 80%, where a whole... Ten percent lower than the the next worst team in the in the um in the comp and and that's just not acceptable. Eighty um, percent is just just not good enough for a, for a test level lineup and uh, and I'm sure that also includes you know a, a ball that was was scrappy too, which was a lot of our lineouts. So um, that's that was the the thing that plagued us. And again, not to get too far ahead of um, the next question or the um the the things that we might be talking about later, but um it's it. It was it plagued us through throughout the um, the rugby championship, and unfortunately, we couldn't um, we couldn't turn it around. 
Yeah, the interesting – and off the back of the line-out one and is – so Australia last in the line-out efficiencies, but we're also last in the scrum efficiencies. So scrum uh, success, All Blacks first, 93%, and Puma's second on 90%, the, the box third on 88%, and we're down on 84%. So again, you know, a few percent, five percent below the Argies, almost 10% below the All Blacks. You add that to our ruck efficiencies, where again we're the least successful team. And does the question start to come up that it's our forwards are the key, you know, a key issue here? And then again, we'll get on to some of the answers soon. But you've got to wonder that our forward work isn't quite as efficient, whether it be in the set piece or broken field as, as it should be. And um, the Matt's statistics there about uh, our ability to, uh, to uh, I guess, uh, transfer a line line break into a try is, is really actually quite promising. We just need more line breaks. But perhaps we're not getting those opportunities because our, our set piece and nor our ruck work is uh, at the level we need it to be. That's uh, That stands out to me. Can we, can we quickly... Uh, what, can I quickly... Yeah. You touched on the scrum, Reg. And can I yeah, posit, man. though, that, that one surprised me because I can't remember a rugby championship or, or in, an international season as a Wallabies fan where we've stressed as little as we have about the scrum. It, yeah, you know, it's a good yes, point. we've had we, we've had a few. You know, we've been pushed off the ball once a you know every game or two, and we've given away a few penalties, but certainly not like you know. You, it's it's a far cry from even a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, where we would be stressing every game about the scrum, and you know, occasionally we would just go completely to water, and it would cost us a game. Um, and it seems now that it's as stable as it's ever been, and and even our young guys and Robertson and Alatoa, these guys that. Um, are coming off the bench and actually winning scrums and, and pushing other teams off the ball. Like, it's a it's a it's a massive turnaround from where we were, you know, five years ago. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, um, look, I've got one. Yeah, go on. You had something, Matt? Because I've got one more stat for you. Well, no, I think you you, you go, Matt, because it might be the same one. I, I don't think it will be, but this has been one that I think we talked about perhaps at the beginning of the rugby championship. And the stat is four hundred fifty-seven. Anyone want to have a guess what that is? Uh, number of penalties um, we gave away each match. The amount of the amount of different <laughs> the different the number of locks that Michael Checker picked over the course of the series. Two two really good guesses. Two really good guesses. Um, no, it's it's look, it's the number of caps that the All Blacks lost in McCall, Carter, Nonu, and Smith. I am still blown away that they lost those four players that level of experience and then kicked ass as substantially as they did. Bonus point victories in every game and just playing ridiculous footy. It, it just blows my mind that that can happen. There is no adjustment period. I mean, you go back to cricket and when we lost Chapel, Marsh and Lily, that's what they did as well as one more. You know, take out Alan Border as well. And it took us eight, ten years to recover from that. The All Blacks, it took an off-season. It is incredible. In fact, you could say those guys are probably obviously holding him back. <laughs> it's clearly, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, no, it's been it's been pretty crazy. And um, look, I, I I love to hate on Steve Hansen because he seems to be such yeah. an an odious guy. But um, it's hard not to say that whatever the system that they put in place there, because I think we saw it happen throughout Super Rugby, and I've no doubt that it obviously went even lower than that, um, you know, and earlier than that. But uh, you could really see them get a style of play together that they've implemented right up into the team, and it just meant that those young guys just slotted straight in. 
Um, no, I, I, that, yeah, that's, that is quite mind-blowing, Reg. But I've got one more stat, which I think we've got to mention, which is actually one of the things, there weren't many stats that we led on. And actually, fact, the only stat that we lead on in the rugby championship from MST is the number of yellow cards that we gave away, um, which, oh. was, which, was, which was six. So at least one per match. Um, uh, the All Blacks are behind us on four, then the Springboks on three, and the Pumas on two. Um, look, and I don't I think, have... I, and I think- and I think I don't want to be harsh on him. I think Quaid only gave away four of those yellows. <laughs> so the two two came from somewhere. Michael Hoover was the other two. So there, there you go. Yeah, I think he's was, actually up with Quaid. I think he might be tying. I think he might have tied Quaid now. Is he really with career yellows. yellow cards? Yeah, he has a lot too. That's that's something that's um, in the interest of balance, and we're all about balance here. Um, we don't. Uh, Michael Hooper also gives away a lot of yellow cards. He as he did I, think again. He might be, I think he might be one behind, but I think you're right. He's not far off at all. But look, yeah, I mean, just discipline overall. And I don't have the penalty counts, but I think in front of me, but I, I would guess that we probably did pretty badly on that as well. And um, I think that's something, and it's not just how it's transferred into penalties and yellow cards. I think, you know, another big t- talking point everyone would have was about the general attitude of the team. Um, and, you know, where we got to by the end of the England sort of series uh, was just really badly tempered. Um, you know, the, then the second Kiwi match really kicked off, and I think that's that's been quite a journey, I think, for the team, um, and which includes how we interact with the refs. I think that's changed quite a lot by the end of the, the yeah. series. Um, and I actually think that the, the two yellows that we gave away in this in this game weren't quite the same, but it's interesting that the checker approach, which is, you know, to never take a backward step is one thing, but it, it, it seems to have, I think, maybe tr- transformed into something else as well on the field. And I, I think that's something the team's going to have to deal with and kind of mature around. Hey, did you see um, Stephen Moore's Kieran Reid moment in the uh, test on Saturday night? So it was after one of the little fisticuffs or push and shoves or maybe it was another yellow card or something, I can't remember, but but the ref had called out both captains, Creevy and Moore, and, and halfway through the ref's sermon, uh, Creevy walked away. And Stephen, which is it's such a Kieran Reid move, was like... I, you can't walk away. So he's walking away from you. You can't do that, sir. And he just, you know, just played the altar boy and um, really pointed out. I thought it was fantastic given what uh, I think the Fox Sports um, uh, analysis of Stephen Moore, Kieran Reid in a few tests ago. So good to see Stephen's learning. Yes, indeed. Uh, mate, All right. so just, just before yeah, we yeah, get yeah, a question, we've got a review. Yeah, great. Uh, and and, it's, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a more rare one. It's actually uh, from the U.S., and uh, so this is from Anime Fan Twelve. Interesting uh, name. Um, yeah, as a Dominican American, I wanted to learn more about rugby union in Australia since I know my fair share about rugby league. And this podcast has been really insightful about the topic. There you go, guys. We're like grassroots rugby in America. Even uh, we're That's- kind of plowing into. So thanks, Anime Fan. Good to have you on board and everybody else. Um, if you wouldn't mind getting a little review and letting us know what you think, um, tell us how Hugh can improve. For example, we always like hearing about that. Um, drop yeah. us. Well, uh, we've we, we've put that call out a number of times, Matt. But still, I don't still no sort of suggestion. So I take that to be um, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing a perfect game. <laughs> I think they're just intimidated by you, Hugh. I think that's what it is. Ah, uh, yes, it's a pretty natural reaction. I've, I've, I get that a lot. 
<laughs> hey, while we're patting ourselves on the back, didn't we get named to the top 15 uh, rugby blogs in the world this week or something? Some, I saw some judging somewhere. They named a top 100 rugby blogs and we're in the we're 15th position. No, sorry, that was, that was top 100 rugby flogs. Um, <laughs> All right, let's get on to our next burning question. And uh, we're looking at that rugby championship holistically again. So asking the question of Matt, first and foremost, who took their Wallaby chances and who didn't this rugby championship? Well, look, you've already um, wanged on about him, mate. It wouldn't be a podcast if you hadn't. Um, but, yeah, I thought, I thought um, Samu Karevi. Uh, especially in that last test, running in um, two important tries. Uh, he's just really, you know, and, and, and I think, Hugh, you wrote about it uh, during the week. I think it might have been in the forum, um, just saying that this. I thought this was his breakout game as well. Um, you know, he just really started to look dominant and confident, and he didn't look like the guy who was still finding his way in that back line. Um, he's everywhere in support. He's also making big Good tackles in defence looks much more solid in defence. Um, yeah, I just he was all over the place, and you know what a journey he's had this year. From wow, could the guy maybe get a cap out of Queensland? But you know how the hell would he get in front of TK to being the clear choice? So yeah. I mean, he's just completely turned things around. And actually, I think he's you, you know yeah, okay, he's got some outside of the All Blacks. Maybe I think you know you've got a. You know, in world rugby at the moment, he's one of the form centres, um, looking really, really good. So I think he's had a he's had a very big step up, um, and I think as a close runner up to him, then it's going to be you know Reese Hodge um, as well. I think what he's added in the back line, as far as um, especially just even if it's just kicking for touch, to have somebody who can actually make more than ten metres at a time has made a massive difference. Um, but I don't think he's quite matched up to to, to Sarmu. Yeah, Hodges is an interesting one. I think he's still got a little bit to go, but uh, hopefully he continues to impress. But you're damn well right. Those kicks for touch are fantastic. Look, while we're in the positive talk here, um, the one I'll touch on and is Genia. Uh, you know, and, and we've said it a couple of times this podcast. Um, uh, again, incredible the way he has uh, stepped up Um in this rugby championship, considering he hadn't played. He was injured. He barely turned out for State Francais this year. Uh, he was thrown straight into the test matches. He wasn't even playing that good for the Wallabies last year. Um, yeah. But his form this year was back to its you know its peak glory back around uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 sort of thing. So he was such a crucial player for us. You know, charge down, kick, wonky start to the test, but uh, he was still pretty damn special for us. Yeah, no matter how well or badly Quaid's playing, Quaid being there makes a massive difference for Will, I think, as well, yeah, doesn't it? Right, yeah. They, they have a great combination, absolutely. Um, Cavill, what about you, mate? Uh, a standout, who took their opportunity this this uh, rugby championship? Well, we, we've already talked about him, I suppose, and, and I don't need to add a huge amount more, but it, uh, the big man, Adam Coleman. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a lock myself, and... Um, Always on the lookout for, for some for, for good lock play, and you know we, we identified him a few years ago, you know on the on on this and on the forum, and we we kind of all, always knew he was he was a player that that we needed to watch, but um he he's he shown a few early glimpses against England, and then he's really just sort of grown every test, and and that one against England again, you know yellow card aside, sorry the one against Argentina, yellow card aside, um. You know the try and a few other really nice touches. He's got he's accurate in defence. He's physical. Um, he's a good ball runner. He's you know seemingly pretty good in the line out as well. 
and you just feel like he's still quite raw. He's still got a lot of upside, but um, was a, was a real standout and something that someone we've been longing to be able to sort of have, you know, first man picked as a lock, which we've been crying out for for years. And it looks like we finally might get it. So, so Adam Coleman's my man. He, yeah. he works really hard too. Didn't a lot of tackles. I don't think he missed any tackles in the chest. So he's got a great work rate too. Yeah, and but he's also taking line out ball. Um, and, and taking it really reliably. That's the thing. I mean, you kind of quite often get one or the other that we've been stuck with. Um, you, you know, you've had somebody who does the work and then you've got the, then you've got the line out guy, but he, he seems to be doing a bit of both of that, which is, which has just been great. Um, he's, he's yellow card per match, uh, to start no. might be pretty impressive at the moment as well, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I remember he was, he was calling the line out early this season too. I don't know if he was still in this test, but yeah, maturity. Yeah, we, we, we might have to get that YouTube video going for uh, Adam Coleman's yellow card analysis. Um, uh, okay, let's talk the other. Who, who missed out? Who, who, who didn't take the opportunities in this rugby championship, Matt? Who uh, failed to uh, stand up to the chance, challenge? Well, look, I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about young guys here because um, I think, you know, for anybody who's a Wallaby, you've got to keep, you know, you've got to keep playing. Um, look, I, I felt, I know you guys, he didn't get such a rap from you guys, but I really struggled with uh, Rob Simmons um, in not this last test, but the one before. Um, and I think he started to get shown up. You know, for a long time there, it was like, yeah, but who else is it going to be? Especially when Kane Douglas wasn't on the scene. And, and I think his lack of physicality now, um, especially now that you've got, um, you know, Coleman on the scene, is really being shown up. And you, you can't just be there to call lineouts. Um, I think he got manhandled by the Argent, uh, by the uh, South Africans, for example, and and we just can't have. I mean, you made that point earlier, I think, Reg, about when you look at those stats and it just looks like the pack isn't standing up. Um, you know, we can't be carrying people anymore. You know, everyone's going to be able to make a physical impact. And um, look, you know, I, I think he missed out on that. Um, look, and, and when I say that about these guys, that's this isn't to, to, to damn them. I think, yeah. you know, you know, these guys have got a lot of. Um, you know, a, a lot to add, and who knows, they can probably always turn it around. This next guy I'm going to mention, I think, could totally turn it around, and um, but he's just had a, a strange one this year, and that's, um, I think, Stephen Moore. Um, yeah. You know, it, he, I just don't know if he's right physically. He just looks so stiff, and, I, and a couple of people have talked about, you know, you could make a, a compilation of the number of times he falls over in a test match these days, uh, which just seems to be him not being able to keep his balance. I just wonder if he's not quite right at the moment. Um, I think he's managed to get his headspace in a much better place than it was just a few tests ago. But physically, I, d- I don't know what's happened. I don't know if it's – is it just age? He's not that old. Um, and from a guy who's always been a real physical specimen, but something at the moment just doesn't seem to be right. He's missing tackles because he can't get near players. He's falling over when someone runs past him. It's it's a bit odd. Bit of the Hillary Clintons, you reckon, Matt? Might something might be going on there. <laughs> um, all right, Hugh, what about you, mate? Well, look, yeah, I'll say two. I think in the spirit of taking on Matt's, so we can say multiple people. Didn't say, didn't know that one was a rule, but um, the uh, one inexperienced and one experienced. Um, I, I think at the start of the England series, actually going back a little bit further, as to guys who I really thought had the potential to to step up and, and become Wallaby starters, um, we I think we identified Rory Arnold as a guy with a lot of promise. Um, but unfortunately, you know, he just hasn't stepped up and, and he's had a few chances and, and really hasn't taken them. And, you know, last week against Argentina, he had a, he had a you know, a, a pretty average game, I thought. Um, his stats were way down. He didn't they really were. do much at yeah. all. 
barely touched the ball, didn't make any tackles, that sort of thing. And and, and from a guy that, you know, came onto the scene and looked like he could be that big bruising presence we were looking for, um, it just hasn't quite eventuated. Still plenty of time to turn it around, but um, I thought he's been a bit disappointing. The other guy I'll say, in terms of people whose stock has fallen in the last 12 months, uh, you can't really go past Bernard Foley, can you? Um, yeah. He, um, you know, this could have been the year where he really stepped up and... and um, Again, and, and and became a you know a, a name alongside Bernie Larkham as a as an all time great Wallaby ten and and for whatever reason it just hasn't happened. He he was okay against England, but then against the All Blacks was probably the biggest victim of, of those two games and has since been in this sort of twelve position outside Quade Cooper that isn't he's clearly uncomfortable with and and it's not not a hundred percent his fault, but. Um, He's just not breaking the line like he used to. He just doesn't seem to have that burst of speed or those nice little touches that defined him in the World Cup. Um, he's trying hard, but he just doesn't seem to make it t- happen. And now he's falling off tackles and, and a few other things, and it's just starting to... Uh, you, you just got to wonder if it's fatigue having played in Japan over the off-season and, and had you know what what seems to be a almost a, a year or more of, of constant rugby. It, it might be starting to catch up with him. Yeah, it's a good call. Look, I, I've got a couple too. Most like Michael Chica naming his bench. We'll name extra players and we'll move the ones later. But uh, uh, I'll stick with Foley's uh, halves partner for the Tars and Nick Phipps. Not to be too harsh on him, but I'll bracket him with James Slipper too, who are two guys who I think had uh, plenty of scope to, to really dominate. Well, not dominate, but make this Wallaby team uh, their spots theirs this year. Slipper, I think I named him before the England series or the Rugby Championship as the Wallabies, uh, you know, most important player for what he brought to the game because on the back of a pretty decent Super Rugby season. But he, but he hasn't been able to make the starting team and in fact was was dropped from the squad for this one. And and now you've got um, four really good young props or you know, Kepu, three young props and, and Kepu there playing really well and really contributing around the park. And Alatoa and, and Robinson are, are big factors now for the Wallabies now and. Slip is in a, in a position now where he's got to sort of look how he's playing and, and what he's doing. He came on the bench, uh, came on as a replacement against South Africa last weekend and the scrum went backwards and he was penalised a few times, so that's a real concern. And just Phipps, uh, you know, I think this spot was his, um, you know, if Genia didn't uh, play the form he, he had. And, and even the times he's come off the bench, I haven't seen that zest that um, we had last year when he was made such a great impact. So, you know, those are two players who are potential um, number one Wallabies that I just don't feel that sort of have staked that claim this year. So uh, we'll see how they go with the, the remaining test of the year. Um, I want to get on the Rugby Championship, guys. We've got uh, a few minutes to go. This is We're about to hit the finals, the last round finished last week, and the question five burning question is our four finalists in the NRC, other they top four teams. So this weekend on Saturday afternoon, we see the Eagles, New South Wales Country Eagles, uh, host the Melbourne Rising at Newcastle, and then on Sunday, the Sydney Rays take on the Perth Spirit at Pittwater Park in Sydney. Are they the best four teams of the competition, Hugh? Uh, yeah, I think I think they they are sort of the three, the top three. I I, I think the Perth Spirit are, are a good side, and obviously the country and the and the uh, the Rays have been probably the the two consistent standouts. Melbourne Rising have had moments. I think you could you could argue the the, the Western Sydney Rams could could lay claim to that title. I think Canberra Vikings have had a few good games, but they've been disappointing. By and large, but um, yeah, look, I, I don't think anyone can have any complaints with the with the final four, and, and um, look look forward to seeing a, seeing a couple of great games. 
couple of, couple of great games this weekend and um, seeing if, if these Sydney teams can actually step up and come 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 through and, and take out the title because um, the Rays certainly they're the ones I'm looking for. They've they've been uh, absolutely red hot these last three weeks and um, I, I hope they can they can have that continue. Might be a few Wallabies coming back. We're, we're not sure, but. Um, we we uh, it could be some interesting selections, Reg. Yeah. So the talk is that Fardy will play uh, for the Rays up against the Spirit, which will have Luke Morahan. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, you're right. I think the Rays have really sort of on the incline, aren't they? The last few weeks, they've they've. Uh, I'm not as convinced the Eagles have done so. Um, they uh, just got over the the Sydney Rams, and they're the team that I want to I want to mention that. Uh, we had Jeremy Paul on a couple of weeks ago and, and he said, if only we had that squad together for an extra couple of weeks. And I think we've seen that now that we're at the, the last three or four games in this season have been fantastic. And, you know, they really pushed the Eagles on the weekend and who knows what they could have done with those guys. Um, if they had them those extra couple of weeks, the Rams could have been legitimately the top four. Um, but there's no doubt in the Rays and the, the, the Eagles are the top two. I, I do want to acknowledge the spirit too. So they've only dropped two games all season. Um, and they've had to tour. You know, they've had to fly back and forward from Perth pretty much every week. And this isn't super rugby travelling. They're not flying business and staying at plush hotels and coming in a couple of days early. These guys are flying in the day before a game, staying at the local hotel. And sometimes they've had to... I know once when they are playing in Sydney, they had to come via Melbourne and had a decent stay over there in Melbourne. They've only lost the two games all year, and that's to the Rays and the Eagles. Um, the Rays and the Eagles have barely had to travel. I think there's a, a trip to Toowoomba for the Eagles and a trip to the Gold Coast uh, for the Rays. So, you know, you really got to recognise the effort of the spirit to uh, perform so well this year. Um, and the Rising, I think, have, have sort of bubbled under and they've lost a few games and been a little inconsistent. But again, they're one of those ones that are that are coming on the ball now. So I think this is going to be a cracking Final Four. Matt, you're a, 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 a bandwagon race fan, mate. What are your expectations this weekend? Oh, yeah, well and truly sat on that, on that bandwagon. But look, if just like, uh, the, you know, you've got the same coach there as, you know, as North did. And I mean, you know, he just had really whipped that into such a brilliant team in the way it was playing. So um, is, it, is it Mick Kronz, is it, is it his son? Or is he, um, I think it is, is, you know, he's done, he did a fantastic is job. Is it really? There. Yeah, is it a son? Oh, I never realised that. Right? Yeah, it's a it's a relation. I think it's son. Um, Jeez, okay. I stand to be corrected there, but I'm yeah, sure. I'll Google it now. But I think it's I think it is. It could be his son, Simon Cron. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. And actually, there's a, there's two sons who are both in coaching, I believe. Anyway, um, so look, you know, but doing a you know, doing a, a standout job there. And if you you know watching that North Sydney team, it was like a. It definitely wasn't a team full of stars, so I'm no, not surprised to see they're doing well there. I don't have a lot else to add to it all, Reg. I think it's all been said except just to give you a sledge on what the hell's happened to the Queensland <laughs> this this week. It's been a disaster, mate. <laughs> no, mate. What is the NRC about, mate? Is the NRC really about performances or is it just about player development? And I guess that would just mean that, you know, we will see the players that we've developed in Brisbane City and Queensland country continue to develop these wonderful players for Australian rugby. It is not necessarily about trophies, mate. <laughs> Who cares that we haven't won the Horrid Little or the, the Premiership Trophy and all that sort of stuff? But, um, yeah, look, I mean, it hasn't been a fantastic season. And But it, I must mention the, the Queensland country-Brisbane City game on Sunday afternoon, which saw our NRC record, I think it was 110 points scored, 58 to 52 or something like that, hit 
was an incredible game um, with a lot of brilliant tries. So that's you know, that, what you'd expect from a last game of the year. Um, two, two, two comments, Reg. Um, Simon Cron is Mike Cron's nep- uncle, uh, nephew. So yeah, close relation. Mike is Simon's uncle. Um, and, the, and I'm going to give a shout-out to a group of people we don't give a shout-out to very often with the NRC. I think the unsung heroes of the competition have been the referees. Oh, Actually, yeah, yeah. Every single game I've watched has been really well officiated, and they've, you know, in the spirit, it's it's kept kept the um, game flowing really well, and, and um, if, you know, they can take a lot of credit for, for the style of play and the quality of play that's going on. They're quick with the cards, but you can't say, you know, they're not um, consistent with that. And they, they've got a really good ethos in keeping the game running. And, and it's really underrated how much a good ref can help a game and how, how it flows. So, um, yeah, shout out to all the refs because I think they've been sensational through the whole comp. Yeah, good call, mate. The other one, quick shout-out is, shout out is um, we got the uh, Ben Robinson Bell uh, up this last week, which oh, was uh, yeah. the, the trophy uh, that played out between the New South Wales teams and the NRC. So uh, on the back of the Horan Little Shield, we uh, there's a few bit of a call that we needed further engagement with those New South Wales teams and the punters and create a bit more interest. And it was great to see New South Wales rugby and the Waratahs. Andrew Hall, the CEO there, is really supportive and really helpful for us. So uh, great work there by the Waratahs for helping. Us out and, and congratulations and to, to the Eagles and to Bay 35 Pablo Paul. Um, well done, yeah, mate. absolutely. Yep. And, and I know you, yourself, you did a lot of work for that Reg as well. So, well done to you and him. Yep, yep, good effort all. And so, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, the Eagles got to ring that loud and proud on the weekend. So, uh, it moves us to this weekend, guys. The NRC are those games, as we said, we've got a week off from the internationals. Uh, oh, God, it's still going, God, it's, it's exhausting. There's more internationals. Yeah, I know, you just, I know, a part I know. of me just wants it all to end. But Sydney Sevens <laughs> tickets on sale are off today, so for the general punter, get behind that. It's got to be a cracking event next Oh, today. and they are flying off the shelves, Reg. I'll tell you that one. much. It is going to be sensational. I picked oh, up 12. Oh, right. Yeah. I picked up 12 because I like to have some space on either side of me to really stretch out. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, it's... Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be a sellout. Um, they're going to. There's Friday. I encourage everyone to take Friday Arvo off work to come and see the women's games, the the pool games, the women's comp. Um, the the village is going to expand. There's going to be a lot more stuff to do outside the stadium this year. It's going to be an absolute bumper uh, event, and I encourage anyone everywhere to, to come down and check it out because it's um it, as of last Matt can tell you from last year it was a, a real a real memorable one. All right, sensational, guys. Can't wait. So get behind that, guys. Matt and Hugh, thanks for your time. Uh, Thanks to Bobus in the booth and to all our listeners and subscribers. Uh, We'll speak to you next week. Is that it?